0: Tom Bernard Show with
1: co-host Catherine Brandt
0: packmaster Ralph W. Basham D,
2: Andy Brant Bernard,
1: and Cassie Schrader.
2: Excellent. By the way, Ralph W. Basham, are you going to be in Key West? I heard you're not going to be there. Hey, who told are you? You, you who, are coming. Who, are you? who told you this? I don't know. I, I thought Catherine told me that. Does Pinocchio have say? a wooden butt? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Hmm. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I just
0: I, I didn't never
1: said that. I don't know where you get these things from.
2: I'm blaming you, no matter what the situation is.
1: That would,
2: yeah, i get it. We'll be back, Tom. <laughs> Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty
3: for life thing. I, you know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at walzer.com and he goes, hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014 having some problems with the engine uh do i have any coverage so i called the honda store we looked it up and sure enough the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty so it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase uh non-highline vehicle and they covered the engine repair think about what that means that's a 13 year old car and the guy got his engine replaced it doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or
2: me. Well. It is really cool, though.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car.
2: And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com, because of warranty for life.
3: And you like working with me, too, right? Tommy? Tommy?
2: Tom? I, I don't think he's there.: That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer
4: Automotive Group Walzer.com.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with Led Zeppelin, Stacy Brown Randall. Stacy's very Stacy Brown Randall, as a matter of fact. Yes. I just, uh Before we get to Stacy, I just want to say I'm, I already miss Kristen saying "Booze Hound." <laughs> oh, I really miss that. She'll do it's it. It's a perfect delivery. It's know. a wonderful delivery. Stacy Brown Randall, how are you, Stacy?
5: I am doing great. How are you doing?
2: Marvelously well. Generating business referrals without asking, a simple five-step plan to a referral explosion. Well, this is all good news, it sounds like to me.
5: Most definitely the best news ever, right?
2: Kind of looks like it. So what's this all about?
5: So Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, it's my new book that came out uh, late last fall. And it helps small business owners and solopreneurs learn how to actually generate referrals. What's the process? What's the system to generate referrals that they don't have to ask for?
2: See, I think that's a wonderful, like for this show, it'd be good. This, this afternoon show, um, it would be good that if, if I generated a a bunch of referrals, that would be really good for business. So, so how, so I don't have to ask for them. How do I do this?
5: Well, and that's, Really, when you think about the advice that's out there about referrals, it's all about Mm -hmm. asking. And the way to do it without asking is actually to focus on who typically refers you. So, you know, thinking about it as a business owner, who typically refers you and then making sure you're taking care of them and building relationships with them and then using the right language to plant referral seeds. But it all comes back for the business owner to having a system so that we actually can follow it, so that we'll actually make sure it happens.
2: Yeah, see, that makes total sense to me to actually have a system. So how do we implement this um, in a business that's never done it before? How do we do this?
5: For a business that's never done it before? Well, that it, so my system is built for people who've probably been a business a year or two. If you haven't ever done sure. it before, it really starts with developing relationships with people who could refer you. So obviously most people know a great referral source is a past client. But if you don't have any past clients, then obviously looking at your centers of influence, which are typically a subset of your network, people who don't do what you do, so there's no competitive overlap, but know what you do, and comes across your ideal client. From, uh, you know, in a way that they can actually send people to you. So if you're starting out, it really you kind of got to go back to business 101 basics and start building relationships with people and making sure people know what you do. But if you have a business and you are getting some referrals, then it's about, okay, how do we leverage that to get more referrals? And my process is basically these five steps.
2: I like it. Now, see, what I've done so far, and tell me if I'm making a mistake or not, but we, this show has uh, Doc, catch Mark, up in northern Minnesota. It has Joe from Louisville, Kentucky. It has Charlie from Albuquerque, guys like that. And they're all big guys, so I just have them go out and threaten people if they don't listen, there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs>
5: you know. you, you know, Tom, I like to tell people, I like to tell people, if what you're doing works, let's not break it. But if that's not working, <laughs> okay. maybe. Maybe we should look at a different option.
2: I like that a lot. I just, I, so so going out and getting big guys to listen and then go threaten other people that some, I'll hit a wall eventually with that, you think? Mm, po-
5: quite possibly. You're probably going to shortchange your ultimate growth, I would say, yes. Mm,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true. In her book, Generate, <laughs> Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, she shares her system for revolutionizing any business. Her structured approach reduces the hustle and increases productivity and profit. With Randall's system, you can stop wasting time and money marketing to cold leads. You know, I, I do want to talk to you about this, Stacy, because it's something that that's, the world has changed a lot as far as who is doing what. Uh, demo, do you look at demographics a lot in your business, Stacey? D- demographics important to you?
5: In terms of, like, who the ideal customer is, the client? Is, is that how you mean?
2: Yeah, like, like you have men and women. You have, well... As an example, television has always used the 18 to 49 demo. Men and women 18 to 49 are their key viewers to television. problem they have now is that nobody under 40 watches television. So I don't see how you can stay with that demographic if you've only got nine years of people that are actually even watching television. Why wouldn't they change that demographic because... Uh, Stacy, you probably know this already, but, uh, people 55 plus in America hold $217 trillion in assets and no one cares. It's weird.
5: I get the sense that a lot of people don't care about the baby boomers anymore. And I don't know why that is.
3: Yeah. Why? (laughs) They
2: got all the money. The baby boomers have all the money.
5: They do, they do, and you know they they talk about the millennial generation will be the first generation to have less money than their parents.
2: That's correct. That's exactly that's exactly right. the way things are going. So why would you? I mean, you're all about marketing and referrals and all that. As from a marketer uh, or a specialist in marketing's perspective, why would you ignore the very demographics that bring you all of your money? If, what kind of way is that to do business? I guess the example of what I'm talking about is Sears. Sears completely ignored their market, and now they're going to have a hell of a time keeping any stores open. They just want, we're going to do it the old way, we're going to stick to the old deal, and that's just how it is. We're not going to change anything. Well, look what happened to them. You, you have to grow with the times, and, the, and if you're number one purchasers of any business— are people let's say let's go with forty to death now because that's basically what it is forty years <laughs> old to let's go, uh, we'll just be nice about it we'll go forty to eighty because probably over eighty people aren't you know they're not buying all that much stuff why wouldn't you focus on that that great demo uh, do they think they're admitting well we're not inviting new people to come to our businesses so therefore our business will eventually dry up but I don't think that's true they're all going to eventually the great news is. As baby boomers get out of the 40 to 80 demo, all of those millennials will come into it. They'll have inherited money. They'll have picked up jobs where where baby boomers were working. I just think marketing to an older audience is a much better idea these days, isn't it?
5: You know, I think it's interesting, and I think using your example of what television is struggling with, can... Most businesses mm-hmm. can kind of see the writing on the wall in some similar ways, but I think it yeah. first comes down to, if you think about television, using television as, your, as the example, first, it's just easy to keep doing what we've always done if we're getting yeah. by yeah. with just enough,
6: mm-hmm.
5: right? Yeah. So I think that's part of it. If we're getting by with just enough at that big age range, and we know most of it only comes from the older, but... We're still making money, so things are fine for now because it's hard to come up with new things. And then some things, sometimes I think it just goes back to your willingness to just actually pay attention to what's changing and do the hard work to make some shifts in your business. I think when I talk with business owners about what it looks like to grow their businesses, we, are, we do talk about some of the newer ways for business development and you know, some of the sales and marketing tactics. But then, when we want to talk about referrals, we're like, "Well, let's go back to the basics." So a business has to be willing to do both. You got to look at the basics of what's used to work, that can continue to work, that hasn't become outdated, and what are the new things you probably should be paying attention to as you move forward.
2: Well, Stacey, I have to tell you this: you you sure are are well read in this subject. You really know what you're talking about, which is unusual for a sixteen year old girl. You do understand. You (laughs) you sound like a You sound very very young. It's it's great actually.
5: Okay, actually, Tom, I I, can you just rephrase that in? can you rephrase that to be, you look really, really young instead of you sound? <laughs> you
2: look really, Stacy, you, you look really, really young. What are you, 16, 17? Mm-hmm. There, you can cut that out. And yeah, thank you. Uh,
5: thank you so much. Thank you.
2: <laughs> well, it's true, though. So where did, where did you get your start in business?
5: So my start in the business, after I graduated from college, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I worked okay. for a lobbying firm then I had a background oh, okay. in sales and marketing. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So starting a business wasn't a big stretch for me. But I come from the crazy kind of entrepreneurs. They all in restaurants and in their hospitality industry. Oh, so, okay. But I decided to do something different. I started my first business. It was an HR consulting firm. But that business would actually go on to fail. And it's the lessons I learned when that business failed that I knew I had to change and learn from if I wanted a successful second business. So I applied those lessons to my second business, which is a coaching a business and productivity coaching practice. Mm-hmm. Developed my referral strategy, started teaching my referral strategy to others and now that's solely what I do. It's focused on teaching others how to generate referrals without asking.
2: You know, Stacy, I will tell you this, you're you're very smart about the way you're approaching it. You have five steps because throughout the last I would say 30 years, maybe even longer than that, it's been like the fifty ways to grow your yeah. business. Like what? Fifty? Five. Five sounds like it's much easier to do, Stacy.
5: It is, and I, I always tell people that once you do step one, you don't have to. You don't ever have to do it again. So really, then it comes down to four steps that you're just going to do in a cycle. So, which is a lot easier than five.
2: Okay. Step one is what? Or do you not want to tell us?
5: So, no, no. I want to tell you. No, I'm happy to tell you. Okay. Um, You can get details in it inside my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. But, no, I want to tell you. So, step one is know who refers you. I think, Tommy, you'd probably be amazed if you talk to business owners and you ask them, who refers you business now? And they'll tell you, oh, it's so-and-so and and Tom and Sally and Joe and Jill. They'll tell you Mm -hmm. people. And then when you ask them to go look at their data, they're always wrong. It's fascinating. I sat with a financial advisor last week doing a yep, doing his referral sources. And he was like, I've got 30 referral sources. And when I was done with him, he had about six. So it's really interesting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's really interesting what people, who people think are their referral sources versus what the data of your business tells us, which are, you have to identify your referral sources by knowing which clients they referred. You
2: know what's amazing to me, Stacey, is we've been talking now for 11 minutes. We've talked a lot about the numbers and people ignoring the numbers. I don't know why. Again, I've got 30. No, you don't. You have six. Wouldn't it be prudent to figure out how many you actually do have? And I guess by getting together with you, they did do that. But people, are. do human beings always misread statistics? Do they always try to embellish and, and make the, the stats better than they actually are? Is that part of being a human being?
5: Probably but I also like to think that we really focus on anecdotal evidence which isn't true data okay, yeah. it's just what yeah, we can yep. remember
2: mm-hmm. yep yeah see that makes total yeah. sense to me so basically you have to find you have to find who your audience is or who your consumer is you know who's buying your product that part's got to be pretty easy isn't it
5: So it's interesting, if you track that information in your business and you know where your clients come from, yes, it'll be easy to then know who are your referral sources. But I've worked with a lot of companies, not only small, sometimes on the more medium size, and they don't track that information. And they're usually like, why haven't we been? I was like, I don't know, I guess you needed me to come along and tell you to, but you need to know where are your clients coming from because the only way we can figure out who's referring you is to know who referred which clients and that's how we pull your list of referral sources which is step one of the process
2: it's so amazing that we're talking to you did it because i because i never know in advance who the guests are going to be on either my morning show that i have or the afternoon show i never look ahead to see who the guests are going to be i was just dealing with this this very thing this morning about instead of guessing what's going on you find out what's going on, and that's the way to build your business. Whereas a lot of people, it's just like, well, that's the way it's always been, that's the way it's always going to be. Well, that's not true. Uh, things are completely different than they used to be. You you need to find out... Uh, well, again, I by coincidence, I guess I started this interview by, by talking about Doc up north and, and Joe in Louisville and Charlie in Albuquerque. I know where our listeners are. I know exactly where they are. But now, Andy... The stats themselves, the
6: numbers themselves, display all that, don't they? Uh, yeah, on the charts. Oh yeah, we've got. So I all think the, we can. I could tell you yeah. what percentage of our audience is what age group and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that's. See, I think the st- are the stats a lot better than they used to be. or a lot, yes. a lot more uh, at hand than, than ever. Do you think, Stacy?
5: Well, in terms of individual businesses, sometimes. Yeah. I th- sometimes think sometimes people live in their delusional world. You know, they're in that delusional world that things are because we're doing it the way we've always done it. Things are great. And then yeah. you start unpacking it and you're like, yeah, not so much. There's some cracks here.
2: Yeah. And that and that's what you do. Are, do people, do you ruffle people's feathers by saying to them, like, again, you're only 16 years old. So when you go to them and say, look, you're running your business <laughs> wrong, do they get upset?
5: You know, it's interesting. I think when you're ready to hear someone's message, then the person who can deliver that message will appear. So I do like to think people are ready for me when they decide to work with me. But like the financial advisor from last week, he said, you know, Stacy, this is the reason why I'm hiring you. And he is, you know, at least 10 years, maybe 20 years older than me. And he said, here's the reason why I'm hiring you is you don't pull punches and I know you're going to shoot straight. And I think that's just part of my personality. Yeah, it's. it's no, I was I talking it, with us, a well-known national sales trainer one time, and he was like, what's the breakdown of people in your program, my Growth by Referrals program? He goes, what's the breakdown of male-female? I'm like, it's pretty much 50-50. Sometimes I have more men in the program than women. It just depends on who's come into the program. He goes, I, he goes, I could see that. He goes, because you don't apologize, and you seem to shoot really straight, which means you can appeal to men and women um, from that perspective. So I think it's just how God made me, but it is a benefit for my business.
2: There's no doubt about it. Ladies and gentlemen, generating business referrals without asking a simple five-step plan. I said a simple five-step plan to a referral explosion. Stacy Brown-Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L. Stacy, come back. we got to talk more often. Sounds great. I like it. Thank you very much. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337.
6: So we. Duh. Does anybody,
1: anybody had their s- car stolen up there?
6: No. Car stolen? I only wish.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, Minnesota, 30% rise in car thefts.
2: But
6: the day is 30%, young. 30%? Of
2: course. 30%. <laughs> the day is young, exactly.
1: <laughs> so lock your cars in the parking lots. <laughs> or unlock them if you uh, want to get rid of them.
2: Yeah, it's true. If you want to get you rid get of the your insurance leave it
6: unlocked. Do you get yeah, insurance you if your car is stolen? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Unless, I think, if you leave your keys in the car. Ah. Uh, then they Ooh, won't that's true. cover it because then they
5: say, well, you know, you're kind of asking for it if you leave your keys in the car. They even say that when you warm up your car in the wintertime, if you use your key to do it and your car gets stolen, they won't cover it. Hmm. Because it's illegal really? to actually have your car
4: unattended with the keys in the ignition or something like that. Well, so
2: All right. I have to ask a question of the two women and then I'll ask the men as well. So, Catherine.
1: Yes. When was the
2: last time you told your husband that you loved him?
1: Probably yesterday, maybe today. Maybe I don't today. Recall.
2: Cassie, when's the last time you told Dave you loved him?
1: When I left the house this morning.
2: There you go. That's good. Me yeah, too. Okay. Uh, Ralph and Andy. This last morning? Last time your wife or your girlfriend. To- this morning? Okay. Andy, you? I already said. Me too. Yeah. You too. Okay. I wanted to make sure. Yep. Uh, This story, ladies and gentlemen, out of Denver, uh, saying that all I wanted was to be loved. A 27-year-old Denver man posted on Facebook he planned to kill as many girls as I see because he's a virgin who's never had a girlfriend. Christopher Cleary is being held without bail in Utah on a charge of threatening terrorism. He was arrested Saturday while visiting Provo after several women reported online threats. Uh, law enforcement officials said they were especially concerned because women's marches were being held over the weekend. Cleary has been convicted twice of stalking and is on probation. Okay, see, here's a problem, Christopher. You've been convicted of stalking. You think a woman's going to want to hang out with you? Well, he's mm,
1: probably not. Hey, you know so what? He's
6: going to prison. Yeah,
1: you know? I mean, there's a lot of women that like those guys in prison, that's so maybe, it, true. maybe it's a little of his Boston, chances. The
6: and, and Boston Marathon bombers, have a, they had a huge following because they're young and attractive so there's there's a lot of crazy people there's a lot of men in prison who like those men in prison that's true oh that's true you're not not a virgin no more
0: (laughs) that's right we're gonna take care of this virginity problem right now
2: all i wanted was a girlfriend all i wanted was to be loved yet no one cares about me i'm 27 years old and i've never had a girlfriend before and i'm still a virgin Uh. um (laughs) This is why I'm planning on shooting up a public place soon and being the next mass shooter because I'm ready to die and all the girls that turn me down going to make it uh, right by killing as many girls as I see.
1: It couldn't be that you're completely weird. <laughs> That's why the girls didn't like you.
2: Off your rocker completely, but uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? See, Joe from Louisville came up with the great idea. This is why I listen to... To, to, to my, uh, you know, well, Joe, you're a stat, basically, so I listen to all stats. Joe uh, from Louisville <laughs> wants to start a GoFundMe page for this guy to get him a hooker. <laughs>
6: oh
2: dear
6: God!
0: <laughs> I'm kind of surprised he never did, Joe. Your altruism well. underwhelms me. There, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: underwhelmed. You're a little underwhelmed not by this
1: whole sure. deal. Sure, <laughs> that's what we're yeah, looking well, for.
2: Yeah, no. what are you gonna I'm do? Sure That'll take care of it. But so physiologically, <laughs> physiologically,
0: he's not a virgin, but I mean, it's just intimately, he's not a—he's a virgin. So
2: oh, uh, you're talking it, about cuffing the
1: character? Oh, oh. <laughs> the,
0: the, the <laughs> what? Mold, there's not much hair left on the mole. Let's put it that way.
2: Mm. You know, I'm looking at the kid. He's a cute kid. I mean he's, he's not an ugly guy, yeah. Oh Catherine's getting
1: I don't know. Catherine's I, being judgmental. He looks like a normal guy. He just looks like he's a normal a guy. Little well, he looks a little crazy, but
2: Well, I mean he he did get a haircut judgmental. with the flow bee. That is true. Remember the flow not at,
1: at least he doesn't have the troll <coughs> hair.
2: He does not have troll hair yet, but remember the flow You would attach it to your body oh, yeah. and clean.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Andy, yeah. you had one, didn't you? No. Oh, I thought you did. Damn it. I was hoping you did. Why, you I thought think? I'd catch you off guard. Mm. No, I was just being a smart ass. I was trying to catch you off guard. Um, I got to run this idea by you because I don't know this guy. Do you guys know? Decium, D E C I E M. It's a skincare company. No, Decium, D E C I E M. No. Anybody ever heard There's of it? There's so no. many now. <clears throat> oh, there are. Every
1: starlet's got their own skincare line now. This
2: guy, listen to this. And, and Doc, you're going to have to step up because, you know, you, you probably have a good. Uh, well, to become a physician, do you have to take some psychology classes or just yeah. how to deal with people? Yeah, I thought so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you do a psych- so, psychiatric yeah. rotation. Whenever
0: you're in medical school, yeah. you do a psych, psych rotation, and then depending on your uh, uh, internship or your residency program, I mean, there might be a psychiatric portion to that as well. So,
2: Yeah, well, that's exactly it. So you could probably help us on this one as well. Uh, Brandon Truax, founder of the skincare company Decium, died on Sunday after months of bizarre online posts. The company did not disclose the cause of death, though police in Toronto said they had recovered the body of someone who had. <clears throat> fallen off a building.
6: <laughs>
2: yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> that's true. Yeah, okay. It says mm. fallen from the condo building. That's what it says here. Truex gave us his address in his final Instagram post on Saturday. The Wall Street Journal reports the 40-year-old whose company made the popular The Ordinary Skincare line. You ever heard of that, The Ordinary?
1: No, maybe it's all Canadian.
2: Anyone? No. Yeah, it's no. true. It could be Canadian. Uh, was ousted as CEO in October because of increasingly strange online behavior. Oh, I can see this coming now. I can mm-hmm. see it coming now. Oh, we had to oust him because he's a horrible human being. Oh, he's dead? Oh, he was the greatest yeah. guy ever. Oh, yeah. Here, I can see it coming. Here it comes. You what?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I can, yeah, I've,
2: I can see this. You're going, going that they're, route, they're, too. They're, they're going to they're gonna paint it good now. In a video posted in October of last year, Truax, who founded the company in Toronto in 2013, declared that he was shutting down all operations because almost everyone at Decium has been involved in major criminal activity, which includes financial crimes and much other. Mm. Estee Lauder, the company's largest shareholder, had him ousted with an injunction citing outrageous, disturbing, and or defamatory posts on social media. Uh, on Monday, Estee Lauder issued a statement said, He's a true genius, and saying <laughs> his death was a profound loss.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. What are you supposed oh God, to you say? You saw that coming. you call that?
2: Wow. <laughs> you saw that coming, man. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he, uh, Decium closed all its stores Monday to honor the founder who, quote, touched our hearts, inspired our minds, and made us believe that anything is possible. Boy, you sure did change your opinion of him as soon as he hit the tar. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> and why ouch. Di- and why didn't they reach out and, you know, he had, oh, he's doing all this odd post. Why didn't they reach out to him and say, hey, let's get you some help? Right. Why don't you get the guy some help instead of just firing him? Yeah. That's right. Why don't we get you some We want you to continue with the company. But let's, we're going to need some help here. we got to get some help.
2: So you guys, Cassie, you've never heard of Decium or, or Brandon Truax either?
5: No, I
3: haven't. At There's stores, a picture that's of him. interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's a picture of Brandon, and he looks kind of like he's about to turn into a wolf. Doesn't <laughs> he? Look at that cat.
1: Yeah. Just not he's not in transition. T- to... I don't think that's flat, a flattering photo.
2: Uh, probably not.
1: How do you spell Decium?
2: D E C I U M. Oh, excuse me. D E C I E M. Excuse me. Man.
1: Okay, I'm going to look at their price point.
2: Decium. Deceive them. Maybe it's pronounced Deceive them. Mm. That's what he meant by stealing all the money.
1: The Abnormal Beauty Company. That's their logo.
2: The Abby Normal? What is it? <laughs> Abnormal. What is Ab-normal. The Abnormal. The Abnormal is what?
1: The Abnormal Beauty Company.
6: Abnormal Beauty Boutique Company.
1: Boutique and exciting umbrella of beauty brands. Hand Damn, chemistry. What does that mean? In well, hippies.
6: Oh Here's his last uh, Instagram post made two Uh-oh. days ago. So let's see what he Uh-oh. has to say.
7: He's falling into his bed. Absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. Can we turn it up first. a little? I'm in my car. No, penthouse. actually. Uh, you may have seen it. Damn it. Most likely you haven't. It's 3203 33 Mill Street. Um, when I got in the elevator, the, the elevators rang and the fire department and basically beep, beep, beep um, after I called first to make sure that it's working because everyone, a lot of installations have occurred at the distillery district. Uh, for mm. example, there's
6: this... Uh, Disorganized thinking. Like
7: beer. Um, and then,
6: yeah, it's all and over. What do you think it is, Andy? Do you think he just snapped? Flight of ideas. Well, He's psychotic. He, yeah, he sounds like he might be on drugs or he might have just... Uh, he saying. might have some sort of psychiatric break. Talking kind of fast, you know, and he just he just
1: he went
0: from one he went from manic to depressed and yep. off the ledge. What exactly. a sad, I wonder sad Wonder if he thing. was
1: testing the products on his skin. Yeah, <laughs> on his
0: Honestly, way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he totally was manic there. And what did he what did he say yeah. at every floor? So far, so good.
2: <laughs> so far, so good. No damage yet.
1: I didn't mean it.
2: <laughs> um, so let me ask you a question, because you know, and this is for all of you. Mm-hmm. I was just picturing. This guy didn't say what floor he was on when he jumped, but he, you know, or he fell, excuse me, off the building. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say how many stories it was. I suppose we could, Andy, maybe you could look that up while we're talking. But um, what do you tell yourself? You have to pull yourself over that railing of that balcony, and you know once you're over that railing, it's over how do you uh, get there?
0: If you don't want to live, you don't want to live. And Desperate. And if it's not over, it is a mess. It is. You are You oh. are in a world of hurt for a long time. 26 floors. Yeah, that's true. Floor. 26
2: floors he fell.
0: Suicide mm.
1: horror. It only takes oh, you, one, so, 26 floors. It only God.
2: takes eight feet. But... If you land on your head. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
6: Ugh.
0: Man, that's... that's and, and, There's it, a better photo. And really, it's, it's the same thing. It comes up over and over and over again. Why didn't someone say, hey, let's get you some help? Let's look after you. You know why? Why doesn't yeah. one, one human look to another human and say, "Let's help you. Let's get you some help." There's there, let's, maybe you're on the wrong medicine. Maybe you should be on some medicine. Maybe some lithium will help you out here. Something to take the edge off this, so you're not. So you can help here, and you can help grow the company more. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense. He mm-hmm. got to this point.
2: He had a psychotic break. Could have been avoided. He did. Jump twenty-six floors to his death. Um, that can't feel good. I'm just it saying. can't feel like anything, I don't think. That's do speed. Think it, do you die on the way down, you think from twenty six floors no, you I just mean,
6: have a heart attack and die?
1: No, I don't think so. No. no? The, the amount of time between Ooh. him hitting the
6: ground and him dying was probably less than the amount of time it takes for a nerve impulse to reach your brain. Oh no,
0: no. What, how long? It takes twenty
6: six floors. Two and hours. a half seconds, three seconds. Twenty six floors. You'd though? feel
0: it for you three
2: seconds? You don't yeah. think he would no, just you don't, you don't instant feel.
0: death? Oh, it's probably instant death if yeah. you land on your head. But if you don't land on your head, <clears throat>
2: well, I suppose it depends that's, on how but he landed. You're,
0: but, but the shock, you, you're immediately knocked out, certainly. That's— because so many so You, people you that, just
2: told me. Yeah. So, so You I, just told me something. I'm in big trouble because I would—if I did it, I'd jump feet first. So I'd really be screwed. <laughs> yeah, you want, to, you, do, you want to do the swan dive. You know, hey, you
0: do want
2: to? Do, you want to do the swan because so dive? People, that's so
0: nice. So many people who have horrific injuries with auto accident, yeah. you know, whatever kind right. of accident. Where they, they, frequently they'll say, "What do you remember?" I said, uh, "I was driving along. Next thing I remember, I'm waking up here and I can't move my legs, and they're up in casts." You know, that's that's the kind of thing you
2: just don't remember. It's just your mind blanks it all out. I talked to a guy many, many years ago. A friend of mine was uh, was in uh, spin dry. He was going to AA meetings. He was getting clean and all the rest of it. And so I would go as a concerned person and support him in his in his groups, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a guy in there for about a week that had the bottom of his face removed because he put a gun in his mouth and shot himself. <sighs> he, he literally, once he you we were under his tongue, his nose, there was like nothing to the base of his ear. There was no mm-hmm. lower jaw left at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mike. God, did that! Uh, you felt so bad for the guy. It's like, oh, you're, well, this is your, obviously you're not going to recover from this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. but yeah, he tried to kill himself. And I
1: guess this guy's <clears throat> been having trouble for bizarre behavior for yes. over a year. Right? Oh, he has.
2: Yeah. He has already. Mm-hmm. Now I got to tell you one last thing about the guy with the no, the no lower jaw. He had a brother who tried to shoot himself by putting a gun ah. in his mouth, and the bullet went around his skull and out the other side. That happens.
6: Oh. <laughs> it does, really? Yeah. If you use a low enough caliber, or a high enough caliber bullet. because no, Low, low, because that's, low no, one will just bounce around in there, basically. But, but if it's high it, enough, then it can just come out the other side.
0: If, no, but it's a lower ca- if, if it's a lower ballistic, if it gets underneath the skin, it'll just slip right underneath the
6: skin. Well, yeah, if it's that low, but... I mean, that's I've, what it did, yeah. Apparently, went right around his head and out the back. Oh, like under the skin <laughs> I mean, and but under the skin, I guess. Outside, yeah, I of, guess under skin. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. So cheery. But so anyway, uh, here's another interesting yeah. <laughs> story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's more. There's more.
0: I've, I've heard of a lot of uh, suicides gone bad, and yeah. it, it, oh god, yes. You can, you many times end up worse than being dead. Oh yeah. I mean, just oh. yeah. I
2: think that's that's what I've heard too. That you end up being worse than dead is exactly the way they put it. It's just uh, I don't know, man. Just too bad. The guy's forty years old. Probably got more money than God. He just does. does it say in there at all, Catherine, what pushed him over the edge?
1: Yeah, they just said he's had very bizarre behavior, including videos saying that uh, everybody's been stealing from him for thirteen oh, years, yeah. and you know,
2: well, they probably have.
1: Actually. I mean, maybe they well, have. Well, yeah. they probably that's, have. That's that's not a, of it. That's
0: not a bizarre hey, thing in this day wasn't and in age. It was radio. I'm sorry, that was on no that problem.
2: was on call for. Was Nobody call ever for. steals money from one another in radio. Oh, no, not at all. We'll be back with Sean Paul. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. Every time you call us, we deliver. Is this illusionist music, Cassie?
1: It's magic.
2: There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Paul with us, the illusionist and ghost talker, February 2nd and February 9th, <laughs> p.m. at the Triune Masonic Temple in St. Paul. Uh, how are you doing, Sean?
7: I'm great, Tom. How are you?
2: Everything is magnificent. You know, you're right in my wheelhouse with this stuff. I think we've talked about this before, but illusions, magic, ghost talk, and all that. Stuff. I, I am highly entertained by that stuff, and I will not. And don't uh-huh. tell me how they do it, Sean. But can you do that trick where you throw a, a deck of cards at a window and my card sticks to the other side of the window?
7: Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's a great effect. Oh. Yeah, I've never, oh I've never really uh, worked it into anything, but I'm familiar with what you're talking about. You know, uh, no, we, just... we seem to go more towards the, the bizarre, you know, actually we do two different shows. We do one called Up Close and Incredible, which is more the conventional stuff where a trick like that might have a, a place in the show. And then the other show we do is, is more, um, you know, bizarre and paranormal right up Dave Schrader's Shry- alley, if you know what I'm saying. He's a, he's a I don't want to talk about talk Dave Schrader's time.
2: Alley. Thank you very much. <laughs> what do you think, Cassie?
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs> and we were hoping that you'd be in town so we could sit you down in the voodoo chair for an experiment uh, when we're up there next week.
2: Yeah, I'm on. But you're um, down in well, Florida. I'm, my daughter's birthday is or February somewhere. 2nd, and and we're headed to, I'll be in Florida on February 9th. Yeah, so on, I would uh, love to. Go, you, how bad. often do you get love this? to have you. How often do you we do, do this? It, show?
7: Uh, we have, we've pretty much been doing it every winter for <laughs> for the last eight or nine years, you know, because you just don't want to miss out on the weather in Minnesota in February, you know. So we make a special trip to get up sure. there. At that time. <laughs>
6: sure, absolutely
7: <laughs> makes sense, Wonder right? That. Yeah. Do you do
4: you? What do, do I know that
7: you don't? I'm getting up there right when you're bailing on the place, right?
4: I, so, uh,
2: where do you live? in? you live in, are like Tennessee or something. Where do you live?
7: <laughs> I live in Branson, Missouri.
2: Branson, Missouri, I knew it was Southwest, Missouri. It was Yeah, there you go. And you, it was it, it right. was an old church. And so we're we're, we're
7: just project. north of uh, Oh boy, yeah. We live, we have this this old stone building with the bell tower. It used right. to be used as a chapel. We've converted it into a Victorian salon in the Ozark Mountains, right down the street from America's most haunted hotel, the Crescent Hotel. So we're in this town called Eureka Springs. And I think we talked about this last year, where it's it's like Stillwater, but it's bigger and it's in the mountains and it's very haunted. You know, it seems like every uh, every square block has its own ghost story. And so it's just a really really charming uh, town. And you. You know, everybody that comes down and visits us, they spend some time in Branson and then when they come down to Eureka Springs they're like no contest in you know, Eureka Springs is but it's not, you know, it's more for the adults and the honeymooners and the, the people, you know, celebrating anniversaries and, and things like that. That's kind of our, our typical customer, shall we
2: say. How far how far is Branson from Nashville?
7: Uh, well, you know, it's funny you should ask that because I made the drive in September to go pick a pick up a table of death for our Halloween show. A table is, of uh, death. I already is, did that. Table of death. Oh, you did. Been there, done that. You have the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, that, it, no, it's, it's, a, it's a big rack of spikes that weighs 300 pounds, and it, it gets hoisted up about 12 feet above me, and I got chained down to this table, and I have to uh, break away and escape before the, thing, the rope breaks and the rack falls down. And I picked it up in Tennessee, and uh, I, I don't know, I think it's probably seven or eight hours from... From Nashville shooting from
2: the hip. Oh, so it's not that bad. That's not that bad. the reason I ask you that is because I, I might know somebody who might be headed that way uh, later on this year. And this morning, oh, yeah, used, my I, I'm telling you, honest to God, no, I, I'd like to have you come into the auditorium and, and I think it would be phenomenal watching that stuff. I just which I auditorium do are you from, talking about? Uh, the Nash Auditorium, Nash Companies. Oh really? That's right there.
4: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, we'll talk more about it. I mean, it'd be honestly got to be the coolest. Thing. I have always I don't care little kid. I was just when I was 5, I was stunned by the fact that the Chinese finger trap actually worked. I thought it was phenomenal.
7: Are you talking about the finger trap?
2: Yeah, the finger trap.
7: Or the finger chopper?
2: Really? No, the finger trap. <laughs> I was only 5 years old. I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was oh, sure.
7: Yeah. But I, I just, Yeah, well, oh, you, you know, and, and I tell a lot of my magi- magician friends, we have to constantly up our game. They can't just try and uh, cram more l- girls into a box and mm-hmm. try and fool people into thinking that it's, gonna, you know, Elon Musk is making <laughs> rockets, you know, land in reverse. And, and uh, Zuckerberg is working on uh, consensual telepathy by just touching your phone and sending your thoughts, you know, oh. to somebody without even saying anything. So oh. that, that would put me out of a job. Fortunately, we're not there yet, you know. But what we're doing in, um, in St. Paul at that Masonic Temple, that is really an amazing venue. I've, I've been familiar with it my whole life. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when people walk in there, they start getting a little freaked out with the whole Da Vinci Code type of vibe. And uh, it's in great condition. It, it, just, it, it just looks beautiful with all the Greek columns. and um, Yeah, so we've been doing this eight or nine years.
2: I just think it's wonderful. Like I said, are there certain people, because as a child, I'll be very honest with you, when I was a little kid, maybe four or five years old, and I saw, whether it be on the Ed Sullivan show or the Johnny Carson show or whatever, I saw magic and I thought, my God, that, that's just wonderful uh, to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the, how the card appears on the other side of glass, I'll never understand. How you guys make things float in the air, I'll never understand. But I just, I just love magic. Always have.
7: Yeah, well, yeah, I got that when we, we spoke last year, and uh, you said that you just mm-hmm. like the escape.
1: Yeah, you know? that's exactly. You like exactly. The,
7: the suspension of disbelief and just go somewhere else and forget about whatever you were thinking about that day. And In fact, I'm even working on something right now today, and um, maybe your viewers can try this later on. It's not quite ready yet, but I'm going to post it at uh, Impact Magic. Dot com And basically, I'm going to be interactive with a video, and I'm going to tell them to think of a card, any card at all, at all. And then I'm going to have a pack of cards, and I'm just going to peel off six cards at a time and say, do you see the value of your card? Just click yes or no. And this all happens through uh, uh, Facebook Messenger, and they're able to interact. And after I interact with them with the video, I'm able to tell them what their card is. And um, I'm really excited about it. I've got. I just told my friends about it in Vegas, and they're uh, they're thinking about all the possibilities of what we can do with this.
2: That is just a great idea. I, that movie, what is it? Now, you, now you see me. I think it was called when they projected yeah, that a, a card one. on a. That was great because the card on the that was on of the building? building was the card. I was thinking it was phenomenal.
7: Yeah, it was great. Right. Well, okay, and so now if you if you want to get uh, if you want to get inside inner circle type of stuff, you know, when you're doing that for the masses or when David Copperfield's having you touch the screen, they're kind mm-hmm. of, they're using that formula to kind of get you to all go down the same corridor so that everybody ends sure. up thinking of the, the seven of hearts. But what's different about what I'm telling them is I'm not, I'm not uh, giving them a card to select where I can somehow influence what they're going to select. I'm asking them right. to think of just any card. And then after I interact with them with six different video clips, I'm telling them what their card is. And uh, like I said, I've got buddies in Vegas that are, that are just helping me brainstorm as far as how we can, we can make use of this. But like I said, I should have it up later today at impactmagic.com if people want to check it out and take it for a spin.
2: Impactmagic.com it is?
7: Yes, impactmagic.com. See, I just, That's pretty simple, honestly, right? God.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very, very simple. But this is exactly. Uh, d- does it excite you? How many years you've been doing magic
7: now? I've been doing it uh, over thirty-five years. I hate the fact that I can say that. But yeah, I've been doing it for over thirty-five years.
2: But the great part of it is you so. obviously love it, and does it keep getting better and better and better as time goes by? Bigger and better tricks, well, not tricks. Illusion.
7: Well, yeah, yeah. I would say that table of death is the. Well, oh my God, we do yeah. the table of death, and at Halloween we also, um, you know, my wife does this presentation where you know she's the ghost talker, and she, and I just walk around the audience, and people hand me objects, and mm. when they put that object in my hand, she'll say, "Oh, the bookkeeper from Philadelphia that enjoys golfing." Oh, and they just ha- she handed you a pocket knife, Swiss, it's red, and uh, it just blows people's minds. and sometimes I would imagine it would blow sometimes. my mind. It's it's really wonderful. She's like one of the best people in the country that does this act. But on Halloween, we take it a step further, and when she gets done with this whole uh, act of supernatural abilities, an executioner comes out and basically, you know, sentences her to death, and then the curtains open, and there's the old Western gallows, and they march her up God. there and put a noose around her neck. And uh, it, that, that's the kind of stuff that really, really gets me because – We've got this great storyline, and we've got this huge, huge trick. The gallows are like, you know, 15 feet high, and she's up there. And, when, you know, when they put that noose around her neck, you know, they're so, they're so connected to her after seeing her do these supernatural things that you could hear a pin drop when they're tightening it up around her neck. And I don't want to say what happens after that because I want to give people no. an opportunity to maybe come and see the show. But, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it does seem to get better. And, and sometimes these things just fall into our laps. And things just come together, and that's when things really get exciting. Like me working on this, this interactive thing online, uh, when I – I, I just – somebody said, do you think you could do that? And I tried, and after three days of being in the lab, I figured out a way to do it. And, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got several colleagues that are just really buzzing about what we're working on now. So it's going to be a fun so, way to just get, get people's attention online and get them to the show mm-hmm. as well, you know?
2: So a week from Saturday and then two weeks from Saturday, people show up at the Triune Masonic Temple in St. Paul. What, what can they expect?
7: Well, you know, we're doing both shows. So on the Friday nights, we're doing our contemporary <laughs> show, which is a lot more interactive. It's, it's geared for a smaller crowd. That's when I'm doing more of the sleight of hand and some okay. mentalism. Um, and and some of those classic things. The people that really love magic, they they love that one. And then on Saturday, that's when we do our more artistic Victorian-era, Houdini-style era show. It's meant for a bigger crowd. Um, You know, in the past at the temple, I've walked through a brick wall. Or we uh, cut Julie, my wife, in half on a Civil War-era amputation table and uh, you know, and i get people out of the audience and draft them one to be the a yankee and one to be the union soldier and they're they're holding her down on the table with leather restraints while i go get the uh oh. the amputation instruments and it's, it's <laughs> poetic because she's playing the part of our country that was divided by the war you know what i mean sure absolutely yeah. so i i like to infuse these historical references into what we're doing in our show. So, so Friday night, uh, they can see the, the more conventional, contemporary, comedy-driven per, uh, performance, Up Close and Incredible. And then on Saturday nights, we do The Illusionist and the Ghost Talker, which is more paranormal. And both of them are taking place in the Haunted Masonic Temple, which really has some great historically uh, haunted activity, uh, some really amazing stuff. And they can get their tickets at IntrigueTheater.com.
0: It's it's interesting. Uh-huh. It's just as, as, as an aside, you mentioned Harry Houdini, and uh, Tom, you like mm-hmm. the uh, escape kind of uh, uh, illusions yep. That, yep. Uh, Love that everybody it. does, Love it. or you know, the magicians do. Uh, it's, uh, Harry mm-hmm. Houdini was uh, a member of the Masonic Lodge. He was a Mason. He was, yeah. Yeah, he so certainly
7: was. So is so is Howard Thurston, and I do mention that when I'm doing those those gigs. In fact, in 2016, we redid a series of these Masonic temples throughout Missouri. Um, in Arkansas and Oklahoma, and some of these, these old uh, Masonic temples are like the size of the state, uh, the capital in yeah. in St. Paul, because it, it once was the capital of Oklahoma in Guthrie before they moved it to Oklahoma City. And that thing is absolutely palatial. It is like it's like a gigantic. Uh, they have more than one, and these their their auditoriums are the size of like uh, the Orpheum Theater, and it got like a hundred painted drops for uh, backdrops and whatnot for the Scottish Rite. It's just absolutely breathtaking, and I think a lot of people don't even realize that these buildings are there, and so it's really kind of cool when we when we produce an event in there that people come into this building in this town that they don't even know is there. In In Kansas City, we did the Scottish Rite temple there. You walk up this temple and there's these gigantic statues of Sphinx statues, like in Egypt, on either side mm-hmm. of the staircase, and you walk into the auditorium, 1,100 seats, and it's just breathtaking. It really does look like some kind of Illuminati, you know, auditorium with all the symbols and everything, and uh it's kind of, you know, it, their numbers are dropping, and it's really uh, devastating. I mean, back in the early 1900s, it was men needed that, that fraternity, that place to belong to, where they yeah, could get out of yeah. the house and, 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 and a place of belonging. Now we all have man caves and our 70-inch uh, televisions and our, you know, Netflix, and we don't, it's not as, it's not as uh, utilitarian as it was back then, and I think that's the reason why a lot of these places are, are disappearing, which is tragic. Yeah, uh, but when we're able to go around, it's a lot of work to tour and getting in and out of these places.
2: But, oh yeah, sure.
7: But when we do, it's it's really cool to see you know people enjoy the show, but they also say, "God, what an amazing venue," and and that's really cool too. Well,
2: here's what I want to do. I want to stay in touch with you because eventually I would like to bring listeners either to Branson or we could meet up in Nashville or some. I would love to tie a morning show in. With what you do, I think people would love to see that. Con- I w- seriously, I would love to well, get that done. As but- long as-
7: okay, so here's what we can do. We've done this several times, and it's, it's so much fun. It's when Julie comes into the studio... And you guys can look in her ears for any kind of hearing aids or listening devices. <laughs> you can completely monitor her at all times. And then I can go to the business of your choice. If they sponsor your show, it's always nice to do it for them. Maybe some sure. kind of restaurants or wherever you know that people are going to be there. And we can do this through Facebook Live or they can just have a radio where they can hear you and they can hear Julie in the studio with you. And then I walk around and ask people, or I, I, I just talk to you guys on the phone, and I'm saying, I'm walking over to this person right now, and Julie will say, yes, he's handing you his cell phone. And the person next to her has a wallet, and then I open, open up the wallet and tell them to take whatever they out, want out. And Julie says, that's his American Express card. <laughs> God, see, now
2: this is exactly, I would love to do that with our
7: and audience. We, well, I would love to do that with you guys. I was inspired after reading about P.T. Barnum. Did you see The, the, the Greatest Showman? Yeah. Yep. the movie okay so he was the yep. master of the publicity stunt even more yep. so than than harry houdini you know and when i read his book i was inspired to come up with that and so we did uh for the first time with on kymn down in northfield back in like 1999 oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, we did it on, on a live a live broadcast so we've done it on several uh news stations and now what we can do is with Facebook Live, somebody can even be there, you know, televising it, so to speak, in real time, so your viewers can watch it and and listen to it on the radio as well. So if you want to do that, we, we'd love I to do. do that with you.
2: I'll I'll reach out yeah. to you. We'll get it set up. The Illusionist and Ghost Talker February 2nd and 9th at 8 p.m. The Triune Masonic Temple in St. Paul. Sean, thank Sean Paul with his ladies and gentlemen. Sean, thank you so much. Always great talking to you, but I do want to set something up for, like, this fall or something.
7: Oh, that would be so much fun. We usually come back up in September. Can I just say my website one more time? Absolutely. All right. So for our tickets in, in St. Paul, it's com, And if you want to participate and have me read your mind, like, one-on-one uh, through Facebook, go to in, uh, impactmagic.com. And that will be Impact up later magic. in the com.
2: Impactmagic.com. Thank you very much, sir. We'll yeah. talk soon, I promise.
7: My Ma- My pleasure, Tom. Sounds great.
2: Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.